right now, we're going to ask that you come. You don't know him now. You have you, you, you no communication with him. You don't even know what I, and understand what I'm saying. Come now. He's waiting. We sang a song about whosoever will, let him come. Anybody that want to come and give their life to Christ or be renewed in Christ Jesus. Through the years. Come, come. This is your hour. Your opportunity. I keep on telling. People looking at us, a rushing of God in us in order to win their lives to, to Christ. God bless you. We hope that this message has encouraged your heart. We invite you to come worship with us at our Sunday school service beginning at 9 a.m. Our morning worship service at 11 a.m. Bible study every Wednesday night from 7 to 8. If you would like to correspond with this ministry, you can write us at 2627 Willow Glen Road, Alexandria, Louisiana. Again, thank you and may God bless you. is K-A-Y-T Gina Alexandria The Gospel is on the radio at 88.1 Call up somebody Tell them it's going to be alright K-A-Y-T Got the Gospel Transmitting all day. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today to call on the highest power of the universe to bring peace and prosperity upon his people. The God that we serve is a deliverer and a strong tower. He is a God of stability, a God of substance, a God of authority, and a God who can solve all of our issues. So today, establish your people with deliverance, deliverance from the unemployment line, Deliverance from food stamps and welfare. Deliverance from the inner city housing and project living. Deliverance from drug addiction. Deliverance from social injustice. Deliverance from drive-by shootings. Deliverance from illiteracy and homelessness. Deliverance from racism and bigotry. Deliverance from hatred and violence. Deliverance from the doom of demonism. Deliverance from sin and seduction. Deliverance from helplessness and despair. Authenticate us with the principles of your power 
so that we can dwell in your power today. I'm excited to introduce to you Deliverance Today Ministries. Our world is full of trouble, and we have reached a point where it is time to bring to the people of God the truth of God. We are headquartered in Shreveport, Louisiana, and are connected to churches worldwide. Each week, we desire to come into your life with a message of deliverance that will prepare you for heaven. you to join our prayer line and zoom into a closer walk with God every morning from 6 to 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We have health professionals, spiritual counselors, and Christian aid workers in Louisiana and Texas, and we'll also extend our resources to help you with social, spiritual, financial, and mental needs wherever you are.
Our text today, Acts 16, verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. To the Roman government, these men were worthless. They worshiped this Galilean carpenter's son, who himself was homeless. What a scene, the dark inner dungeon, the prisoners fast in their stocks, their backs still bleeding and seething from the beating that they received. They were thrust into the jail with the companionship of prisoners and outcasts of society. The midnight hour drew near, and instead of groaning and complaining, or fussing and arguing, or curses or complaints, these men lifted up their voices with joyous, trustful songs of praise ringing through the vault, while their companions in the jail listened with astonishment to the heavenly sound in that place of shame and sorrow. These men of God opened up their hearts to the God of their salvation. They were acting up in jail. Jail was supposed to be a place of complaining Jail was supposed to be a place of solitude, but here they had worship in the jail cell. While they were of little value to the Roman government, they were still preachers of the Most High King. They were spokesmen for Jehovah. They were prophets with portfolio. They had a message to bear. They had a truth to tell. They had a gospel to believe. And while their pulpit was a jail cell, they sang praises to the Most High King. They were fitted with rags, but they were dressed with the power of Jehovah. They sang praises, and they lifted up their voice. And as long as they had the power of God behind them, they began to sing songs of praise out of this dungeon. It is the cry of the penitent that moves the mighty hand of omnipotence. Now praise is not the common language of the prisoner. In fact, prison is usually a place of complaining. Prison was no place for praise. Prisoners were persons accused and of convicted criminals' activity and were confined to their place of punishment to serve out their sentence. The testimony of prisoners was usually one of cursing and swearing and fussing and arguing. In the Old Testament, imprisonment was a legal punishment and is not a feature of ancient law codes. The Mosaic law allowed for the place of custody until the case was decided. But beginning only in the Persian period does the Bible mention incarceration as a penalty for breaking the religious law. Prisons mentioned in the Old Testament were under the control of the crown. Joseph was put in a royal prison in Egypt, apparently attached to the house of the captain of the guard. Asa of Judah and Ahab of Israel made use of prisons, probably associated with the palace. The experience of Jeremiah, however, provides the most interesting glimpses of prisons and prison life. The royal prisons were apparently not large, as the one in which Jeremiah was initially placed. His prison was a converted private house, 
he was confined to an underground dungeon, perhaps a converted cistern. Jeremiah later was placed under house arrest in the court of the guards. There, he was available for a consultation with the king, able to conduct business and able to speak freely because the latter enraged the princes. Jeremiah was confined for a time to a muddy cistern in the court of the guards. Persons were confined in royal prison for offending the king, perhaps by political intrigue. In Israel, prophets were jailed for denouncing royal policy, predicting ill of the king, and suspected collaboration with the enemy. Political prisoners in Assyrian and Babylonian prisons included former kings and rebellious nations. Samson became a prisoner in a Philistine prison. Prisoners of war were usually killed or enslaved. The outcome of prisoners was miserable, sometimes consisting of meager rations and hard labor. In some cases, prisoners were restrained and tortured by the stocks or collar. Jehoiachin was clothed in special prison garments in Babylon. Prison life became a symbol of oppression and suffering and release from prison provided a picture of restoration or salvation. In New Testament times, persons could be imprisoned for non-payment of debt, political insurrection, and criminal acts, as well as for certain religious practices. For some of these offenses, public prisons were also employed. John the Baptist was arrested for criticizing the king and seems to have been held in a royal prison attached to the palace. Later, Peter was held under heavy security consisting of chains and multiple guards and iron doors. Paul, who imprisoned others, was often in prison himself. You see, what goes around comes around. His experiences provide the most detail on prisons in the New Testament world. In Philippi, he and Silas were placed under the charge of a lone jailer who put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now this was supposed to shut them up. This was supposed to make them feel sad. This was supposed to bring upon depression. But I want you to know, in the middle of the night, when the Holy Ghost fell on Paul and Silas, they weren't complaining. They weren't fussing. They weren't arguing. They were acting up in jail. They had a Holy Ghost experience. And like Jeremiah, it was fire shut up in their bones. They had to tell somebody. They had to praise the God of their salvation. They had to let people know that the Lord, their God, was in charge. No matter where you are, it is time to praise the Lord. I don't care if COVID-19 has you wrapped up. I don't care if everybody in your community is sick. I don't care if there are problems in your home. Your children won't act right. Your wife won't act right. Your relationship is going to the pits. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can act up in jail. 
you can act up because you know that the God of your salvation saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. You can act up because there is a power that moves in your heart, that channels your soul, that makes you know that there is something within that holdeth the rain, something within that banishes pain, something within that you cannot explain. Paul and Silas were in prison, but because of their relationship with God, because of the experience that they had with God, because of the joy in serving God, even though they were all confined in the jail, I want you to know that there's something about Jesus that when you're lonely, he makes you happy. When you are dejected, he gives you joy. When your friends turn their backs on you, Jesus gives you something within. It is a power that moves. It is a power that transforms. It is a power that gives you a joy, unspeakable joy. Oh, the Holy Ghost does a job on us. And no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, when everybody around us is complaining, we can act up in jail. We can have a Holy Ghost experience. You see, when I think of praising God with thanksgiving, I think of a time of rejoicing and being satisfied for what God has done for me. My thoughts are not on prison walls in the midnight, but I've learned a different kind of thanksgiving. I'm thankful for the taxes I pay because it means that I've got a job. I'm thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for my shadow, which watches me work because it means that I'm out in the sunshine. I'm thankful for a lawn that has to be mowed and windows that have to be washed and gutters that need fixing because it means that I got a home. I'm thankful for the spot I find in the far end of the parking lot because it means I'm capable of walking. I'm thankful for all the complaining that I hear about our government because it means that we have freedom of speech. I'm thankful for the lady behind me in church who sings off key because it means that I can hear. I'm thankful for the huge piles of laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. I'm thankful for the alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I am alive. Oh, my Christian friends, the devil has tried to paint us as people who are washed up, as people who are worthy of jail. But no matter how downtrodden you are, I want you to know that there's joy in a relationship with Jesus. There's power in having a relationship with God. There is a spirit that moves upon you. And no matter what depression comes, no matter what circumstances come, no matter what situation comes, when you have joy in Jesus, he turns sadness into a happy experience. It was frequently the custom 
of a certain philanthropist to visit the New York rescue mission at night. On one occasion, he took with him a well-known physician, head of the psychiatric department of one of the great New York City hospitals, arrived at the mission, they listened together to the testimony of one converted man after another. When the season allowed for such volunteer speeches had passed, Mr. John Wyburn, superintendent of the mission, asked the visiting physician if he would like to say a word. Dr. G is then reported to have risen to his feet and addressed the assembling company in the following fashion. He said, tonight I have been an opportunity to observe something I did not know existed anywhere. It has been my privilege to listen to the testimony of men who are glad to witness to what Christ has done for them. I know nothing about that, but I confess that I cannot otherwise explain what has taken place in their lives. A few of these men I recognize as drunkards and even as dope fiends. Some of them have come under my observation at the hospital. Had I been asked about and given a thought to their probable fate, I should have said that very likely they were in the potter's field. Here they are, alive and well, dressed and delivered, and in their right minds. I do not know how the miracle has been wrought, but one thing I am confident, that nothing in science can account for this change in them. What kind of gospel is worth preaching to anyone, anywhere? The doctor spoke truly that the kind of gospel is worth preaching. That kind of gospel of the Savior is infinitely worth preaching. He saves from the uttermost. As someone has aptly said, he stoops to the guttermost and saves to the uttermost. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fact I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, the transforming power of Jesus Christ, the transforming grace of Jesus Christ, the transforming spirit of Jesus Christ can take you from a situation of being a nobody, going nowhere, having nothing. But when God takes hold of your life, when God takes hold of your spirit, when God takes hold of your soul, there is a resonating power that moves. There's a resonating power that transforms. There's a resonating power that changes the soul. Oh, only through the power of God. So even if you are in your jail experience, even if you are downtrodden, even if the devil has painted you as a person who is unworthy of the grace of God, don't you know today there is joy in serving Jesus? So if you are in your prison, if you are downtrodden, if you feel that there is no place for you to go, I want you to know that Jesus can transform you. 
Jesus can save your soul. Jesus can take you from a situation of nobody and being nothing and can turn your life around. So act up in jail. Focus on the God of your salvation. Don't complain when the chips are down. Turn it over to Jesus and he will bring about joy in your soul. Father, today, bless my listening audience that together we will stop complaining and we will grasp hold of the power that can make us act up in jail. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you've enjoyed this message by Pastor Jonathan McCautry, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Call at 318-658-6216. Email us at deliverancetodayministries at gmail.com. Write us at P.O. Box 5452, Bossier City, Louisiana, 71171. 